What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. One day closer to the weekend. One day closer to some really cool SEC football games, but also to Mississippi State off this week, enjoying a bye week. We'll have some basketball action for you on Friday, but uh, we'll be able to kind of sit around and watch some other games. And, I, and I'll tell you, as a guy that's on the road a lot with our team, uh, it's nice every once in a while to be a fan of the game and be able to kind of sit at home and turn on game day and then let the TV watch you the rest of the day. You know what I'm saying? It's one of the best things about college football is just kind of getting into a bit of a vegetative state and recreating with friends and family. So I kind of look forward to this weekend. Uh, not exactly sure where I'm going to watch OSU Alabama, but we'll figure it out. Got a book signing first. And speaking of that, let me share with you. As soon as I end this show, I'm going to be making the, the uh, drive to Louisville, Louisville, Mississippi. I always get that wrong. I'm sorry. Louisville, Mississippi, uh, for the Rotary Club meeting today. We'll be signing and selling books there. And then on Thursday, from noon until 3, I will be at Mistletoe, Mark, Mistletoe Marketplace in Jackson with our good friends from Campus Bookmark from 12 to 3. I will then leave there and, and drive to Greenwood, Mississippi. I'll be at Turnrow Books from 5 until around 8 tomorrow night. And on Friday, I'll be in Meridian. So I'll record this show a little bit earlier. So I'll be in Meridian Friday at the Rush Hospital Cafeteria Meeting Room. Uh, been there a couple times. and uh, So we're going to sign and sell books at every one of these events. A lot of people have reached out to me and say, are you going to be selling books? You know, I'll be selling books pretty much wherever I go uh, for the foreseeable future. So that's the schedule for this week. And uh, we'll look forward to announcing some more dates. That They've got probably another 25 dates booked right now between now and Christmas. And so I'll uh, announce those as we go. If you're interested in booking an event, because one of the things that I'm interested in doing is, uh, especially in some of these areas that don't have a bookstore, uh, is having kind of like an evening with, we'll have a book reading and perhaps a uh, if there's a restaurant, you know, we'll let them do cash bar or whatever and, and just kind of partner and have a good event and uh, have give guys an opportunity to come uh, buy the book and, and uh, just kind of sit and talk some sports. So if you're interested in that, you can reach out to me on all forms of social media. My email is srobertson at jeanspage.com or you can find me on Twitter or Facebook. DMs are always open. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company. Man, what a great, great, great partnership we've had with them. Bulldog Burger Company, one of the best restaurants in the state of Mississippi. Absolutely the best place to go break bread here in Starkville and now Tupelo. Two great locations to serve you. You can go get the Lauren, you can get the the Bryant, you can get the Bulldog, you get the Mission, the Pimentology, add bacon, 
but you got to get the spring rolls no matter which location you go eat at. In Starkville, it is the restaurant closest to campus in the Cotton District, and you can find it in, in Tupelo on Gloucester Street. You guys know the area. People, a lot of reviews about that new location in Tupelo, a lot of positive feedback from that. Very, very happy to hear that. Uh, Bulldog Burger Company, a very place that is very uniquely Starkville, a place that's committed to your community, a place you can go find your own favorites and get that great restaurant-quality hamburger. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville and now Tupelo where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So last night we had the season opener for the Mississippi State men's basketball team, and I'll tell you, Florida International number 1 is a, uh, a team that won 20 games a season ago, and they return a veteran lineup. So this was not one of those, you know, you know, kind of harebrained season opening games where you just kind of trot somebody out there and beat up on them. This is a quality non-conference opponent. We expect them to get a really challenge in their conference at CUSA. And, uh, I, I don't know. They'll probably be a bubble tournament team. A lot of it's going to depend on how things go for them. They may have to win their conference. But uh, their guard play was very, very good, and I really thought that they uh, gave us some, some issues at times with their press. And, you know, a good, a good test for Mississippi State early. State wins the ball game. I guess 79-68 was the final there. Uh, but uh, I just kind of felt like, you know what, this is a uh, 77-69, pardon me. Uh, I just felt like, you know what, it was good to be back in the hump. Uh, wasn't a big crowd. and I'm, I'm not going to get into all that. But uh, it's a Tuesday night ball game early in the year. And, uh, you know, against a, an opponent that is, uh, you know, somewhat unknown, I guess, in these parts. But uh, it was a good early test for Mississippi State. You kind of look at the numbers with you guys here real quick. Uh, I think a couple of guys that uh, that really stood out, and, and State's going to need them to play well, Iverson Molinar, Tyson Carter. Uh, with Nick Weatherspoon on the bench for nine more games, hashtag free Nick, uh, Tyson's having to run the point. He's doing a good job with it, but you can kind of get the sense that we're trying to groom Iverson to kind of be that guy as we get a little deeper into things because Tyson is a little bit better off the ball. State got off to a slow start. Tyson hit a couple of big threes to kind of keep State in it early until we kind of figured some things out, found a way. We were kind of forcing the ball down low, we, you know, and we did some of that against South Alabama. You know, when it wasn't there, we tried to force it because, you know, when we get the ball into Reggie Perry's hands down low, we feel like that's more times not going to be a basket for us. Reggie did not have a big first half. Came on strong there in the second half and was really a big part of putting South, uh, put, putting FIU away. But the, the big lesson that I learned from this is we don't have to get 20, 25 points from Reggie Perry to win a ball game. You get into SEC play, it'll be a little bit different. But I think when you have games like this, when perhaps Reggie is not the primary scoring option and you're still able to win, really, I won't say handily, but really when one state took the lead, I guess at 26-25, we never trailed again. And really just kind of nursed that lead along, got it out to a little bit. We went on a 25 run. We're up 10 at the break. But it just kind of felt like we were in control. Even when we were down, it, it, it felt like that it was like it took all vacant muster from their play to play with us. And we weren't playing exceptionally well, but we were still right there with them. And then once we kind of settled and got some things going, we took the lead and kept the lead. And 
and really look to be the better team down the stretch. When we turn the ball over a little bit late and allow them to get back in it, and that's one of the things that, that is kind of a commonality between the first two appearances with the exhibition and then the season opener is that there were a couple of late turnovers and uh, Tyson Carter admitted a little, a little bit tired. Ben C thought he was a little bit fatigued. He played 34 minutes, almost 35 minutes uh, leading the team. But that's what you expect from a senior. And so Tyson, 8 of 16 from the floor, 5 of 9 from three-point line. 5 of 9. That's one of the things that, that I love about Tyson is that, uh, you know, he is a guy that can facilitate a little bit. But if you give him a little bit of room, he'll go ahead and drop that three on you. Uh, perfect from the free throw line. Also grabs seven rebounds, 23 total points to lead all scorers. Three assists, that's got to get better. Eight turnovers, that's got to go down. Uh, he did have six steals as well. So he's doing some good things. But, again, he's not a natural point guard, and he's just trying to do his best because he's a guy that uh, that Ben Howen trusts. He's a senior. But I I believe that what we're going to see is, you know, Iverson Molinar, who started at point guard, begin to kind of transition into that role. Iverson Molinar is the story of the early season for Mississippi State. And, granted, we're just a couple of ball games and counting that exhibition. But Iverson Molinar shows that he has the poise to really be a player in this league. And, and I've heard some comparisons about him. I don't agree with any of them, to be quite honest with you. I think Iverson Molinar is, is a little bit taller and thicker than most freshmen. You know, he's just one of those guys that he has, you know, a power five physique. He's just one of those guys that can absorb contact. He can get to the rim. One of the things that I worried about with this team is late in ball games, when we need to get a basket or we need to get to the line, who do we turn to? Because with Quindary Weatherspoon, we've been spoiled for four years because that was really his game. And, and Q would get to the line and, and you know, begin to kind of put games away. Iverson Molinar, I believe, could be that guy. He did some of that last night. He was 5 of 10 from the floor, 0 for 1 from three-point line, 4 of 8 from free throw. And he says, you know, that's not, that's not who he is. And a lot of that, too, Ben Howen said that, uh, that he was nervous. It's his first real game. You couldn't really tell, though. There were some moments there where some teachable moments where Ben kind of got on him a little bit. But I never got the sense that the kid didn't belong. He just kind of has this big game feel. You just kind of get a sense that he's just not going to get rattled. And, and I think that's one of the things that really helps with young guys, even though admittedly he was a little bit nervous. That'll get better. But he just simply has a little bit you – know, the way he carries himself, he's just a very confident player. Uh, throws in 14 points for you last night, the second leading scorer for Mississippi State. Uh, did make some big free throws down the stretch. Committed one foul, had two assists, just the one turnover in 29 minutes of action. Really like where this thing is going. And I think this is the silver lining in the Nick Weatherspoon thing. We know how explosive Nick is. And there will be some chemistry things we have to kind of work through once he gets back. But Iverson Molinar is kind of rounding into that third guard. And he's scored in double digits in both games so far this year. And just seems to be a, you know, a guy that can create his own shot. He can finish at the rim. Uh, is not scared to go in there among the trees and kind of absorb some contact. And I, I think that's, that's one of the things that I think young guys really struggle with is learning to play on the interior, learning to really challenge the basket. Because you're going to see some absolute monsters in there. I don't think Molinar scared of that. Abdullah Du, I thought, had a serviceable game. You know, I, I thought he played really hard, and he looks to be a lot stronger. Just two of two from the field, and that's really his game. You know, you don't run a lot of offense through him. He made a couple free throws. He had just the four rebounds. That's got to elevate. 
State got down in the ball game early. It was down. The rebounding margin was eight plus eight for FIU. State ends the game plus eight. So we kind of got it going. But at, you know that's kind of Abdul's deal. He's supposed to be in there to kind of defend and uh, and rebound. And so that's got to get better. But I did think that he, he gave us pretty good minutes there. Only played twenty minutes. And a lot of that too is because FIU is one of those teams that gets out and run. They you got to match up with guards, and they put a lot of guys out there because they're an up tempo team. They're going to press you a lot. They're going to run tempo. They're going to get out and run. Uh, they're going to spread you out. And they're going to hit from outside. And that's one of the things. If you'll notice, Mississippi State did not commit a lot of fouls. Just 15 as a team. Keyshawn Fizell fouls out, and some of that came late. You know, r- really, really late. There was one time I think that the uh, I was looking at the numbers there, and there was one time that I don't think anybody on Mississippi State's team had more than two fouls until the final minutes. Uh, and if you go look, FIU from the free throw line, six of ten, they only get ten free throws on on the night, and a lot of it had to do with Mississippi State's ability to defend without fouling. That has been an issue, especially with the bigs. State has struggled to defend without fouling. Did a good job last night. Fizel, the only guy that really gets in trouble, but Fizel gave good minutes. We talked about him after the South Alabama game. He looks like a different player. We t- are talking about this with some subscribers on the uh, Jeans Page Basketball VIP board earlier today. Fiesel, I don't know if it's the fact that he's finally healthy or he's trimmed down some or, or a combination of all three. He's playing with a lot more confidence. He goes 25 minutes, two of three from the field, misses a three-pointer, pulls down three rebounds, contributes four points and an assist, has the one turnover, but he is just a kind of a glue guy out there. He's not going to fill up the stat sheet. That's not his game. But he is the guy that's going to get out there and eat up space, rebound, contest shots. And a lot of those things aren't going to show up in the box score. But but he is a guy that I think, you know, you look at him and you begin to think, you know what, we have found something. It's almost like bringing in a junior college guy or getting a grad transfer. He's, he's, a, he's a completely different player at this point. Uh, Prince Aduro came in, didn't play a whole lot, probably should have played a little bit more. Uh, just a couple minutes for him. DJ Stewart's a guy was the first guard off the bench. Four of six from the field, misses one free throw, has a couple rebounds, uh, t- scores eight points, got a couple of fouls, kind of reaching, trying to do a little bit too much. A couple of assists, a couple of turnovers with three steals. But you just get it, you, again, you get a sense DJ Stewart in this lineup with Molinar and Nick Weatherspoon and Tyson Carter is going to be able to hold up. You just need everybody to stay healthy, but you've got some guys that I think will be, number one, good defenders, but also able to kind of contribute in the scoring column. Uh, but I like this team. We're an athletic group, and our length really gave them some trouble late. You know, they The only time they could really score was really from the perimeter or on the break. They, they couldn't really run a lot of half-court sets and get an easy shot. Seven of 26 in three-point line was FIU, and it seemed like early in the ballgame, uh, they were going to be able to absolutely fill it up. But that's their game. They don't really press you inside. they got a couple of guys that have some length to kind of rebound and kind of reset things, and occasionally they'll you know, put one back. But uh, uh, Devin Andrews came and met with us in the postgame. He was a leading scorer for them, played just 30 minutes, really battled some cramps down the stretch. In the first half, I thought he was electric, and he was one of those guys that could actually get to the rim and finish. Uh, 7 or 15 from the field, 0 or 3 from three-point line, made a couple free throws, pulled down three rebounds, had 16 points to lead the Panthers. And uh, so I just felt like this this veteran group of guards from FIU, even though athletically I don't know that they all matched up with State, 
I thought they really gave State some different looks to kind of prepare. Now, talking to Coach Ben Howland in the postgame, he said that Sam Houston State is a lot like FIU, and they might be a little bit better at what they do. It's going to be a lot of pressing, a lot of running, try to get out and play in transition. But, you know, again, I think Mississippi State has the guards to contend with that. And I think when you've got some guys, the, the big erasers inside with Abdul Wadu and, and, uh, and Robert Woodard, and I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Robert Woodard. Uh, I, I thought Robert Woodard, when State really needed a lift in that first half when, uh, when we were getting beat on the glass, because there were some long rebounds that always seemed to find their hands. But I thought Woodard kind of exerted himself. Uh, four of nine from the field, misses his one free uh, three-point attempt, one or two from free throw, pulled down eight rebounds, five of them on the offensive glass for nine total points. And uh, he is just one of those guys. I, I just, to me, things just seem to flow a little bit better when Robert Woodard is in the ball game. But I know he can't play the whole game. He plays 34 uh, minutes. The only guy that played more was Tyson Carter. But Robert is a guy that can test shots. He's very, very difficult very, very difficult difficult to contain uh, because he is one of those guys that can get it there and really fight for rebounds, but also, too, can get out and run uh, on the break. And, uh, you know, had an alley-oop pass from Tyson Carter. They absolutely heaved home and got the you know, got the, the crowd on their feet. A little bit later in the ballgame, we try to run another one, and it's not there. And, and that reminded me so much of that South Alabama situation. you, you got to know the time and situation. You know, when you're in a ball game and you're putting away and you're, need to, you're trying to run some clock, you don't need to be running an alley-oop unless it's wide open. We kind of forced one and ended up turning the ball over. And th- those are the things that I'm sure, you know, Ben Howland doesn't have a lot of hair left, but I'm sure what he does have left, he kind of tugs on when those kind of things happen. you you got to be able to execute, and sometimes discretion's a better part of valor. You know, it's just one of those things you don't go out there and try to get the highlight real play when the game is still pretty much uh, on the line. you got to find a way to nurse that clock and get it on down. I guess it was around the four-minute mark we started running clock and began to kind of limit their possessions. And uh, time was certainly their enemy. Just really thought we did a good job managing that aspect of it. Really only one or two possessions down the stretch I think you'd really want to have back. And that was a little different from what we saw against South Alabama because there were some times that we forced up some shots and, and, and other times didn't get a shot against South Alabama. So I think we learned how to finish a little bit better. Uh, down the stretch, and, and that, that'll only help us. That, that'll absolutely help us. But, again, uh, Tyson Carter, your leading scorer with uh, with 23 points, really think once he gets off the ball, whether that be with Molinar taking over as uh, as the lead point guard during the non-conference or Nick Wellerspoon, I, I think you're going to have some really good options at guard. Share with you guys earlier this week, we've got a new sponsor. It's our friends at manscaped.com. Guys, let's just be honest with one another here. Male hygiene is an issue, and it's something you need to take advantage of. And there's so many of you guys out there that are they're doing things the wrong way. You need to let the folks at manscaped.com help you. They've got equipment. They've got gear that will help you manage yourself a little bit better. The significant others in your life will absolutely thank you. Visit them at manscaped.com. They've got – you just need to go see it for yourself. Don't, don't just take my word for it. Go see it for yourself. Because this needs to be part of your daily hygiene regimen. You can get deodorant for yourself. You get trimmers. And there's, there's, there's skin-safe technology there that will prevent you from nicking yourself in your most intimate areas. It's as simple as that. Manscaped.com and ladies, take matters into your own hands. Go ahead and order the gift set for the man in your life. 
And it's really kind of a gift for both of you. And we're going to give you some incentive to save 20% off. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code BULLDOGS, B-U-L-L-D-O-G-S, and get 20% off by being a loyal Boneyard listener. Again, that's manscaped.com, promo code BULLDOGS. So let's look around the league here. It's hard to believe basketball season is here, but it is. I'm kind of glad that it is. You know, it's one of the things that uh, when when men's and women's basketball get going, you know, we've got something going on pretty much every day. And uh, I, I like for us to stay busy, really like for us to stay busy. And we have got a lot to cheer for. That's one of the things in recent years that uh, we've been very fortunate in that respect. And so your weekend plans should include a Friday night men's basketball game against Sam Houston State. And then on Saturday – at 2 o'clock, Southern Miss comes to town to play your ladies. So that'll be the season opener for the ladies, Saturday, November 9th at 2 o'clock. Come by to Humphrey Coliseum. The best thing to do is come up Friday night, watch the men, spend the night, go to Bulldog Burger, go to Campus Bookmark, come to the book signings, whatever, come, come meet me, come have a good time, and then go to the Southern Miss game. That's the plan. Those are your weekend plans. If you were looking for something to do, I just saved your weekend for you. You come spend the weekend here in Starkville and shop at our great merchants around here. And that's one of the things that I, that I get, you know, kind of gets lost in the, in the discussion about the early kickoffs. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but uh, living here and knowing so many of these fine folks that, uh, that operate businesses around the area, they, they kind of live and die on these football weekends. Because let's say, for an example, we've got a 6 p.m. kick. Well, that means you come to town a little bit early. You've got all day to be in Starkville, and it's so much fun making that drive. I know how it is when you make that turn on 12. I I didn't always live here. But it's like as soon as you see the exit, man, the kids get excited, and the kid and all of us gets excited. You think, man, I'm so glad to be here at Mississippi State and to kind of re-engage with the mothership. Those are great things. Those are great moments. And so you come in here and you spend the day, you know, you, you go to Bulldog Burger and you have a hamburger, you go to Campus Bookmart and buy everybody in the house a new shirt. And those are great days. But when we have those 11 a.m. kicks, it makes it more difficult to do all that. And so everybody's game day experience is somewhat diminished. But then our merchants in Starkville that kind of depend on these football weekends, you know, to, to, to make ends meet. You know, it's not just about padding the bottom line. We're talking about the existence of some of these businesses. They live for these weekends because you all are making your regular pilgrimage to Stark Vegas to spend money with those folks. And so I encourage you when you're in town, please, 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 please spend some money, buy some Mississippi State merchandise, and uh, support our local vendors because they absolutely depend on you. They help make Starkville such a wonderful place. And so please, when you're in town, maybe bypass that stop on the way to Starkville and, and maybe get gas and and, and your food here in town. But uh, looking around the league here, the uh, pr- pretty close to a full slate of games last night. Uh, North Florida traveled to Florida. Florida wins that ball game 74 to 59. Florida preseason number six. Now, how you feel about that one? They were just kind of up and down last year. Got some young guys they expect to be very good. Western Carolina travels to Georgia. That's a 91 72 win for the Bulldogs of the SEC East. UNC Asheville goes to Tennessee, gives him a little bit of a tussle, but Tennessee wins 78-63. Penn with a bit of an upset. Penn an 81-80 winner in Tuscaloosa. 81-80. Not, not Penn State, Penn. 
Penn goes into Tuscaloosa and beats Alabama 81-80. to wonder if that's a harbinger of things to come in Tuscaloosa this week. Uh, Rice on the road at Arkansas. They get absolutely cooked, pardon the pun, 91-43 with the Razorback winners. And, of course, Mississippi State takes down FIU 77-69. Georgia Southern traveled to Auburn and gave them a little bit of a tussle as well. An 83-74 win for Auburn, the 24-ranked Tigers. Uh, a little bit of a team that's in transition but expected to be a tournament team. Number one, Michigan State goes to Lexington, and the Wildcats win that ball game 69-62. Some, some big early games around the country last night that absolutely among the, the, the biggest. Uh, Kentucky will likely be the number one team in the country when the polls come out next week. And those early polls and 50 cents can get you a cup of coffee at McDonald's. But uh, excited about men's basketball being here, and I guess women's basketball too as well, because we expect to have a very good team. I know a lot of people went to the exhibition on Monday to watch the ladies, expecting a much, much, much bigger crowd on Saturday, even though I know many of you will likely stay home to watch uh, OSU Alabama. And I understand. I absolutely understand. But, uh, again, SEC, other than the Alabama, SEC teams all get get a win. I don't know what I don't know what to expect this year from the league, to be quite honest with you. I don't know outside of uh, outside of Kentucky if we have somebody that is a, a real contender this year. There are a few games today for some folks that didn't play last night. South Carolina will host UNA, Missouri hosts Incarnate Word, and Texas A&M will host Northwestern State. Vanderbilt will host SEMO. So, just about everybody in action. As, uh, as you guys are well aware, football is on hiatus this week as they enjoyed the bye week. We will have the opportunity to meet with Coach Joe Moorhead and selected players uh, this evening. Uh, not exactly sure what to expect, really, other than a health report. The way Joe Moorhead handled things back in the first bye week is they had an abbreviated practice schedule. They turned the guys loose for the weekend. They're able to go home, and then the coaches hit the road recruiting. I suspect that'll be the same schedule. Now, as far as health goes, Mississippi State, outside of Murray Smitherman, is in pretty good shape. We are eager to hear about Errol Thompson, even though I don't think Joe will have, uh, you know, any if there is any issue there, I don't think you're going to tip your hand this early. But if he is a full participant in practice, I think we'll know that. You may recall Errol Thompson uh, kind of laid there for a while, late in that ball game, a bit of a physical play there. But uh, Errol's a warrior. If he can go, I'm sure he will. And so in his respect, I think the, the bye week comes at a good time. Now, one of the things, too, about Garrett Schrader, I, I want to make sure that I can be as upfront about this as I can be. He is going to be in a protective boot probably for the remainder of the season. Uh, there are some things that he'll deal with in, in, in the postseason, but uh, a lot of people have said, oh, you know, every time I see him, he's in a protective boot. Go ahead and expect that, you know, that to continue. That doesn't mean that he is going to be unable to play because he has been in that boot for, I guess, pretty much since Auburn. And uh, that's just that's just part of the grind of an SEC schedule. You're, you're, you're going to get nicked up. You're going to get banged up. People are going to have issues. And so Garrett has dealt with that, will continue to deal with that. He was able to play on Saturday, but he was not 100%. And, again, that was not related to the, the foot. The foot issue is something that he just kind of is playing through. Uh, but he was ill. He, he had some sickness and had some weakness. I don't know where he is this week. I'm eager to find out what Coach has to say. And a lot of people have said, okay, well, Steve, what's uh, what do we do with starting quarterback situation now? Well, I think we don't get the benefit of going to practice. 
But based on what we saw this past Saturday, if Tommy Stevens can continue to play that way and remain healthy, I think you have to go with Tommy Stevens. Uh, Garrett Schrader gives you another option as well. And I, I think Garrett Schrader or Tommy Stevens are good enough to beat Abilene Christian at Ole Miss. I don't know if either of them can lead us to a victory over Alabama because I just don't know if we have the supporting cast. I do think if we're going to play Alabama uh, and, and have a chance to be competitive, I really believe Tommy Stevens might give you the best option to do that because I think it makes the offense a lot more dynamic. What I worry about the most against the University of Alabama is our secondary against those elite wide receivers. And uh, you, know, you never know what they're going to look like uh, next week. But, uh, you know, Tua Tagovailoa is, is you know, arguably going to be the first player selected in the draft, certainly one of the first uh, four or five players taken in the draft. He can distribute the football as well as anybody we've seen in recent years. And so, to me, that's the matchup where we look at and say, you know what, this is really not favorable to Mississippi State. Then you look at that Alabama offensive line that might be the best in the country. And even though Alabama's not running the football with the regularity it did in uh, you know, generations past, they can run the football when needed. And so I just don't know defensively if we're going to be able to do enough to slow them down. I do think that we will be able to put some points on them. I, I do think that's the case. I also kind of like where uh, State is situated in the schedule the week after the LSU ball game because everybody's making this to be the, the SEC Western Division Championship game. Win or lose, that ball game will take an emotional toll on both of the participants. Yeah, Alabama and LSU both because there's there's so much riding on this game. Yeah, as you, I'm sure you're aware by now, the college football playoff rankings came out yesterday, and LSU and Alabama are two and three. And, and let, let's so the winner of that game will absolutely really kind of lock down a spot, I think, in the playoffs because I believe the winner of the West will likely beat Georgia. I just don't think Georgia will be able to score with the SEC West champion, no matter if it be LSU or Alabama. Running through this list here, the number one team, Ohio State. That's probably a little bit of a surprise, but I think you could certainly make the argument for that Ohio State has been a dominant team. Now, they're going to – their schedule, their forthcoming schedule, you know, I, I don't know if you look at them and say, okay, do they have the easiest schedule? But they have a chance – I really think a chance to, to kind of legitimize themselves – and stay atop the pole, and it seems like they're in it every year. Been one of the more dominant programs over the course of the last few years. But looking at the Ohio State football schedule, there's not a lot to trip them up right away. But eventually, they're going to close with two teams that are capable of beating them. Currently 8-0 on the year, and really these scores are absolutely gaudy. Nobody has been able to score on Ohio State. I think that's kind of lost in all this. Florida Atlantic put up 21 points in the season opener. Then it's a 42-0 shutout of Cincinnati, a 51-10 win over Indiana, and Indiana is a good team. They beat Miami, Ohio 76-5, Nebraska 48-7, Michigan State 34-10, Northwestern 52-3, Wisconsin 38-7. Very, very consistent numbers defensively. They're, They're... control of game statistic is off the charts because nobody has challenged them. Nobody will challenge them the next two weeks. They're going to beat Maryland in Columbus this weekend, and then they will take on Rutgers in Piscataway, and that's a team that's not going to hire Joe Moorhead. 
Uh, and so they'll be 10-0, and 0, and then they will host Penn State and then travel to Ann Arbor. And they have dominated Michigan. The Penn State game might be the one that you look at, and that game's at home. Penn State also, the number four team in the playoff, they obviously have an opportunity to play their way in. You know, if they if they could somehow win that ball game uh, in Columbus, you look at them and say, you know what, they certainly deserve to be there. Uh, and I don't know how you could argue against that now, but these things always kind of have a way of working their way out. When you look at their schedule, you know they have not been quite as impressive, but they have put up some big numbers as well. And defensively, they're being very consistent. I guess you know they had the 17-10 win over Pitt. It's a rivalry game. You don't really hold that against them. Uh, the 17-12 win over Iowa seemed to be pretty big at the time. I'm not a big Iowa fan for obvious reasons. They take down Michigan 28-21. You know, and so what they've got left is a, a surprising Minnesota team this Saturday on the road. That's one of those ones you look at and say, okay, that could be a very interesting matchup. P.J. Fleck is a... Uh, a guy that was a candidate for just about every job in the country, a, a rising young coach, recently signed a seven-year extension to stay with the Golden Gophers. So he will not be taking the Florida State job. Indiana then goes to Penn State. And, again, Indiana's a good team. What are they, 7-2 and two now? I mean, you know, Indiana's a team that's, that's done a good job. And then, of course, Penn State, Ohio State, and then they close with Rutgers. So oh, Penn State's road to the playoff a little bit more difficult. You know, you know what Alabama and LSU have. One of them is going to knock the other one out. And then you, you know, Clemson's right there at five. There are a lot of Clemson people that are upset about them being ranked fifth. It's the yeah, they're defending national champions, you know. And so, uh, with a nine and no record, it's it's all going to work itself out because the four teams ahead of them are all going to play head to head at some point. They're going to play at least each other uh, one game. So there is some traffic to clear for Clemson to sneak in the playoffs. And I think these, these are the kind of motivational things that Debo Swinney needs. You know what? They don't respect you guys. Uh, you know, here you are. You hadn't lost a game yet. And, uh, and nobody thinks you, that you've accomplished anything. And then Georgia there at 7-1. and one, Georgia kind of has a clear path to Atlanta. I just don't think there's anything out there. There's not any snakes laying in the reeds. I think that they'll that'll trip Georgia up. I think everybody probably knows that the SEC anything can happen. But I think you also look at this and say realistically, what what are the options here for Georgia to get beat? I don't really know that there are any. To be quite honest with you, they're going to host Missouri this Saturday. And Missouri's been so Jekyll and Hyde. I never know what to expect from them. And, and Kelly Bryant's health. He's a guy that can't stay healthy. And then Georgia will travel to Auburn. That game might be the one that uh, decides what happens with Gus Malzahn. I think Georgia wins that ball game. I just do. I just feel like that's that's probably one that Georgia will find a way. And Georgia, that, that's the toughest game left on the schedule. But I think after what's all, what Auburn has already endured this year, and knowing that Alabama's ahead of them in the playoff again, I just think it's going to be difficult. I think it's going to be very difficult for them because they're going to be looking ahead to that. That Georgia-Auburn game is one of the best rivalries in the conference. People talk about Tennessee-Alabama. This is this is the SEC East and West matchup that, that always gets my attention every year. I always want to watch this game. 
and then A&M travels to Georgia. Georgia goes to Georgia Tech. So Georgia, you say three of those four games right out of the gate, they should be an obvious winner. And then a trip to Auburn makes it a little more difficult. But uh, that's really the only game left on the schedule. They could kind of play their way in too. Uh, I think the fact that uh, they're probably going to end the end the regular season with an 11 and one record. Probably have to win in Atlanta to get in the top four, but they've got an opportunity. Then you know, to, to run down some more of these names: Oregon at seven, Utah at eight, Oklahoma at nine, Florida at ten. And listen, w- once you get past the you know the top eight or nine, it's very very difficult. You you need to absolute pandemonium in order for anybody else to get in. Uh, Florida at ten, Auburn at eleven, Baylor at twelve. And Baylor's at 8 no. 8-0. Wisconsin at 13, Michigan 14, Notre Dame 15, Kansas State 16, Minnesota 17, Iowa at 18, Wake Forest 19, Cincinnati 20, Memphis 21. So I won't give you the whole list, but uh, you can go look at that for yourself. But I think, you know, based on the body of work at this time, I think everybody can agree they probably got it right. But they also have the benefit of many of those teams that are kind of jockeying for position will have the opportunity to play each other. It all works itself out. It's one of the reasons that we love it. I, you know, I, I think the playoff ranking stuff from week to week adds a little intrigue because then all of a sudden you start paying attention to other games around the country because you think about strength of schedule and you think about um, you know margin of victory and those kind of things. And I, it's it's an important part of what college football's. Uh, about these days. So it's about the playoffs. It's all about getting to the playoffs. We have, we're have we not in the playoff uh, rankings this time. Mississippi State is, uh, has been in the the, the playoff uh, rankings many, many, many times. And, uh, and I think we'll get there again sometime. I don't know how soon, but I think we'll get back in there. But uh, we're not there now. Now it's about getting healthy and preparing for the University of Alabama, and I, I, it's like uh, even on the uh, the Facebook groups and message boards and all that kind of stuff, people are already kind of looking past Alabama. I think most people have already kind of resigned to themselves that we're going to lose that ball game, and uh, we'll beat Abilene Christian, and then it's going to boil down to Ole Miss. And a lot of people are already beginning to kind of play the Ole Miss game out. I watched the replay a little bit of the uh, the Ole Miss Auburn game, and uh, you know Ole Miss was in the game late. Ole Miss didn't play well. It's one of those things that, you know, you, you hear things and you say, oh, they, they play. No, no, Ole Miss didn't play well. They, they, they didn't play well, especially offensively, and they, and they didn't really play that well defensively. Auburn, goodness gracious, could not get out of their own way. It's, and, and that's the thing with having a freshman quarterback. Even though he threw for, what, 340 yards, he missed some wide-open receivers late in that ball game to put the game away, made some big throws to, to move the chains at times, but then you got the one of the best kickers in the country that misses three field goals. Three. Three. Had one to put Ole Miss away. They didn't, and then Plumlee gets back on the field. And to be honest with you, I mean, that, they ran that same play late in the ball game uh, to Braylon Sanders. They, they ran that earlier this year. I can't remember which game it was. It might have been Vanderbilt, but, or, but Plumlee was in the ball game. It's basically a one-receiver route. You know, that they run him out there and they isolate him beside and they throw it up and Braylon Sanders goes up and makes a grab. They're obviously very comfortable with Plumlee making that throw. But late in the ballgame, protection really, really broke down. And us some old Miss people were upset about a hold call that negated that long pass play to Braylon Sanders on that final drive. 
it was clearly holding. Alex Givens basically tackled uh, the Auburn defender. And I know Matt Luke was upset about that. I'm sure when he went back and watched the tape, he probably said, yeah, that made the right call. And it's an emotional situation. You feel like it, in, in those moments you got the right call played, you execute it, and you don't get the benefit of it because you have an infraction. But it was the right call. But, uh, again, I think Ole Miss did just enough to hang around but just wasn't talented enough to finish it. Auburn really sleptwalked through that ball game, even without Booby Whitlow. Uh, and he's still not healthy, but uh, they, they played some young guys and, and found a way to get out there and move the chains. But it just seemed to me like they kept shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, it, were, it really wasn't a situation where I thought Auburn did – I mean, Ole Miss did a lot to stop them. It's like Auburn just simply couldn't with a young quarterback and a young running back. They, did, they, they struggled to find a lot of continuity on offense, and they still put up 507 yards. Ole Miss very one-dimensional. And so when I began to think about – how Mississippi State and Ole Miss matches up because that's what matters. Like I read this stuff, and and listen, some of you guys, I just let me just say this as nicely as I can. If you're scared of Ole Miss, then just say you're scared of Ole Miss, and don't don't try to you know manipulate things to fit your narrative. Some people say, well, you know, Auburn dominated us, and Ole Miss played them pretty well. You know, guys, football is about matchups. You know, we're not going to be able to go play Auburn with Ole Miss's players. We got to go play them with our players. We got to play Ole Miss with our players. We got to play Alabama with our players, and everybody matches up a little bit differently. We run a different offensive scheme than Ole Miss does. Ole Miss also got the benefit of playing Auburn without Marlon Davidson, without a starting safety, without Booby Whitlow. There are things that change. You know, by the same token, you could look at it and say, you know what, Arkansas gave Ole Miss some trouble, and then it almost put the game away late. You know, State put the game away against Arkansas earlier. You could also make the argument that Arkansas is a different team today because of the fact they've already been beaten down. And when Ole Miss played Arkansas, Arkansas still thought they had a chance at a ball game. And so that was a winnable, a winnable game. So it's about the timeliness of the season. It's about matchups. So it doesn't matter how Ole Miss matches up against Auburn. has no impact on how they'll match up against Mississippi State. And so all these, the, the, the like or the common opponents comparison is the most worthless comparison in all of football. If Mississippi State and Ole Miss ran the same schemes and ran the same plays and had similar personnel, then you could make that comparison. It just doesn't make any sense. And if you want to tip your cap to Ole Miss, then you go right ahead and do it. But how Ole Miss played Auburn will have no bearing on, on the Mississippi State-Ole Miss game. It just didn't work that way. It just doesn't. You can say, well, you know, you know, we went out there and we, we played this team. We put up 50 points and, you know, they put up this many. Well, you know, I, I you got to look at the totality of the situation. You know, I think Mississippi State is a terrible matchup for Ole Miss. Terrible matchup. You know, Auburn found some success running the football, and I don't think Auburn has a running back on their team as good as Colin Hill. I don't think Bo Nix is near as decisive a quarterback as Tommy Stevens was this past Saturday. If Mississippi State plays the way they did this past Saturday, forget who they played. I'm just talking about offensive execution. I'm talking about taking care of the football. I'm talking about avoiding unnecessary penalties. I'm talking about better tackling. Then Mississippi State's going to win a football game. If Ole Miss plays as good as they did, and I put that in Dr. Evil quotes, if they play Mississippi State as good as they did Auburn, Mississippi State is going to win that game handily because Ole Miss couldn't stop Auburn and Ole Miss couldn't move the football. 
So if that's if that's your your litmus test, Auburn or last weekend's play, then I'm going to favor Mississippi State. I think the fact that Mississippi State can be multiple on offense and be more balanced on offense makes them a real challenge. It's all about keeping Tommy Stevens healthy. I hope that we can survive the Alabama game. It is absolutely so reminiscent of 2016 where we're in a situation where we're going to go play Alabama and everybody's kind of looking past that game thinking we just need to get through this one and win the final two. That's the, that seems to be the attitude that everybody has. And say, well, I just don't want to get beat up against Alabama. You know, I say we go out there and do our best and play Alabama and see what happens. Yeah, I don't know that a lot of people gave us a big chance to beat Alabama back in 96, and what we did. I don't know that a lot of people gave us much of a chance to to beat them with Sylvester Croom, but, but we did. You know, I'm not saying we're going to beat Alabama. I think this, these Alabama teams are much better than those. But we're still going to go play the ball game. When Mississippi State played Alabama back in 2016, we were talking about this last night at media. We showed up for the ball game about an hour and a half before the game. We bust over the day of the game, showed up there about an hour and a half, lackadaisical attitude, went out there and got smashed. I don't expect this team to do that. But I think we can get into a situation, too, where we go out there and compete and get some confidence and we can get out of the ball game with Tommy Stevens and Kylan Hill and the offensive line healthy. Then you go, you know, go get FCS Abilene Christian and you begin to kind of prepare for Ole Miss because I honestly think if you're playing an FCS team, especially one that has struggled – like they have, you ought to be able to go out there and run your base defense and be pretty vanilla on offense and win the ball game because you ought to be able to out-athlete them. Ole Miss gets the benefit of a week a week off before we play them. And looking at their schedule, you know all they're going to have left to play for by the time they play us is pride. You know, Ole Miss might have one win left on the schedule, maybe. And I guess it'll be New Mexico State though win that ball game, but they should. If they don't, everybody might get fired before the before the day is over. They'll play New Mexico State this weekend. That'll be a win for them. Then they'll host LSU on November 16th. And again, that LSU-Alabama game is going to take an emotional toll. And so I, I, I could see LSU going over there and kind of sleepwalking through that game and winning. But Ole Miss, I think, is going to be playing for their – you know, for their lives and and probably for their coach. You know, they lose that LSU ball game. They're going to roll in the start with a four and seven record, knowing that they're not going to a ball game again for the fourth consecutive year. I am sure the Sugar Bowl never felt so far away. But then they'll get the benefit of a bye week before they play us. And so there's something to be said for all that. But I think when you look at things on paper, you know, Ole Miss should be four and seven. And I, and again, I, that LSU ball game will be in my, Ole Miss gets up to play LSU. LSU doesn't get up to play Ole Miss. It's one of those things that, you know, speaking with people living in 16 years in Baton Rouge, I can tell you that the only time people in Baton Rouge ever talk about Ole Miss is the week they play Ole Miss. And I know there's some other people, you know, the older guys or whatever with the Ole Miss LSU's our rival, and that's really just a slight to Mississippi State. Uh, but you know, my thing is, who do you talk about year round? That, that's your rival. That that that's that's your team. 
You can talk about Billy Cannon's triumphant run that righted the world, you know, when, when LSU won the ball game back in those days. But, you know, there, there aren't many people that were still alive. They were alive back then. They're still alive nowadays. And so it's going to boil down to the Egg Bowl for Mississippi State. And I think the week before that, or two weeks before that, Ole Miss will be eliminated from postseason play. And they'll have a week to kind of get ready. They'll play out the string. But they're going to come over here ready to play. They're going to come over here knowing that, you know, not only are they going to miss a bowl game, they could spoil ours. And to all the adversity we've gone through and all the other things that have happened to Mississippi State, they can only add to that misery and say, you know what, we, we may not be going to the ball game, but you're not either, and we're the reasons why. So they will come over here fired up and ready to go. I want to remind you, too, our good friends at Campus Bookmart are there to serve you. Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. I will be with them on Thursday, as I mentioned, at Mistletoe Marketplace at the Trademark in Jackson, Mississippi, from 12 to 3. Come by, say hello. Free hugs are available. Come buy books. Get pictures made, everything you want. We can do it all right there. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, if you can't make it to town or you can't come to see my smiling face, you can order Stark Villains and you can order everything else you want, Mississippi State-related at campusbookmart.net. Use promo code BSR, which will get you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than $50, bucks, absolutely incomplete. Again, that's campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. So before we get out of here, I want to remind you guys too, uh, we're about to get into a very, very busy time, and you're going to have many opportunities to come to Starkville. We're almost out of football. And that sounds crazy to say, and I saw some players say, man, the season went by so fast, and it did. It did go by so fast. But we've only got three more opportunities to enjoy Mississippi State football. We know next Saturday is an 11 a.m. kick against Alabama. There will be a bunch of Alabama people here. Please be here. The next weekend, we'll get Abilene Christian. That's homecoming. It'll be a night game. And I understand that it is Abilene Christian. And I understand it might be a little bit chilly. But it is a night game. Please be here. And then Thanksgiving night, we'll have an opportunity to play Ole Miss and hopefully keep the egg. And I understand that's a family day. But it's also the Egg Bowl. Mississippi State's going to need you to be here. We're going to need the cowbells to be here. And students, listen, you know that I love you. I know you may not always get your just due in the media, and I know that on the social media aspect of things, there are a lot of people that are always critical of our students. I am not one of those. But students, if you are within driving distance of Stark Vegas for Thanksgiving, please, please, please come back for the ball game. Hey, you can go back the next night or whatever, whatever you want to do. Go enjoy the weekend with friends and family, everything you want to do. But please be here because this team's going to need you to be here. We're going to be full strength. We'll have all the players available to us that are healthy for that Thanksgiving ball game. And that's going to be, for you, for for many of you young guys, this is going to be a game for a season. That, that game's going to determine the quality of our season in many respects. And we're going to need all hands on deck. We're going to need all bells that we can muster because Mississippi State has to win that ball game. We have to win it. You know, even if we were able to upset Alabama and then beat Abilene Christian and still be bowl eligible, that Ole Miss game would still kind of define the season. Because even if we snuck into a bowl game without beating them, a season's just really not complete without a one over Ole Miss. And you want to see these seniors go out on a high note. So please be here to support the Mississippi State Bulldogs. If you're looking for Stark Villains gear, you can find it at StarkVillains.com. And you can always pre-order the book or order the book now 
at StarkVillainsTheBook.com. That's going to do it for today. I'll be back on Friday. We'll preview the weekend it is. Look ahead to Mississippi State playing Sam Houston State as well as Southern Miss in a women's, ass- women's game on Saturday. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.